ask yourself, what do I know to be true? Not, what do I fear is true? Welcome to Real You, Real Money, the podcast that will inspire you to love all of who you are and love making big money all at the same time. I'm Ray Dodd, your host and resident money coach, and week in, week out, I'm here to remind you that your feelings and experiences of money have nothing to do with who you are and everything to do with who you've been told you have to be. This podcast is all about powerful conversations that will support you in building a business that reflects who you actually are. This is not a one-size-fits-all style podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates the individual you are, and more than that, believes your uniqueness is the key to you making the sort of money you truly want to. Thank you for being here. Let's do this thing. Welcome to another episode of Real You Real Money. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I would say is at the heart of every single interaction, coaching interaction I have. It's at the heart of every course I deliver. It's at the heart of every podcast I record. Like it's it's such a fundamental thing that I almost was like, can I record a whole episode about that? This feels like it both feels like it's too simple, too complex, too big and too small all at once. But as I thought about it, it It is so fundamental. And really what I'm going to be doing with this episode is offering you a question. A question that as you start to ask, like as you start to ask this question, it is going to transform things. It's not the simplest question to answer. It requires time to get to know how to answer the question at all. But the question itself will fundamentally change everything for you and so no it's not too small not too big to offer on a podcast episode it's an absolute winner so before we get into that I just want to say I have had the most amazing weekend (laughs) basically I I was talking in plenty this morning about how when I was young and I know loads of you will relate to this when I was younger my favorite thing in the world was to switch around my bedroom like just to like move the furniture and I've seen memes about this and it's so true where you're just like it's like stepping into a completely new universe like it was the best feeling and I'm here to say at 41 that is still true it's still one of my favorite things so we went to Ikea over the weekend and we just bought like a couple of things but what they meant was that I was able to do a switch around of so many different spaces and my office now feels completely different and our lounge feels completely different and we're on a bit of a mission at the moment just to like upgrade some stuff that we've let go because last year was such a difficult year in my family particularly that there's just certain things that I haven't got to and so I am so excited like I'm living my absolute best life (laughs) I put together two lots of shelves yesterday entirely by myself as well as this stand that a unit went on I moved with my husband's help this time and one point with my brother's help because I could I was too small <laughs> to help assist get this bookshelf up our stairs but I think I moved three bookshelves I added shelves I did so many different things 
And now I'm in my favorite stage, which is the faffing stage. And I just wanted to share with you all because I'm just so excited about it. It needs to come out. And I know lots of you will relate to it. Just how how thrilling it has been. I really should. You know, I'm terrible at documenting this stuff on Instagram. Absolutely terrible. For someone who teaches online selling, and I know the importance of sharing this stuff, but I am terrible at it. But I will try and share. I don't have any before pictures. Again, awful at this. But I can show you. Maybe I will. It just makes me very happy. So like I said in the beginning of this episode, this is... This is just such a fundamental part. What I'm going to be talking about today is just such a fundamental part, not just of making money, not just of running your business, but having a relationship with yourself. One of the things when you get sort of behind the scenes of working with me, and by that, I mean, if you join plenty or something like sell that thing or become a one-to-one client with me, very quickly, it's very clear that very little about making money is actually to do with what we think it's about. So much about how we make money is about how we relate to ourselves and the world around us. It's about how we, how much we allow ourselves to receive. It's about how much we allow ourselves to experience good things, things that we want. And it's also about how willing we are to risk not everyone agreeing with us. And that's the part I'm going to be focusing on today. So I'm just going to dive straight in so I'm not just leaving you waiting and waiting on what we're actually talking about. The most underrated money-making skill, in my humble opinion, after a long time of doing this work, is trusting yourself. What If you think about it, one of the main questions our subconscious is asking all the time, like, like in, a, in a really low level that you can't even hear, is am I okay? Is this safe? Am I okay? Is this safe? That's actually the role of your subconscious is to make sure that you are safe. So it is asking without you consciously being aware of it in every situation. What it will look at actually is, is this familiar? Is this familiar? If it's familiar, I'll read it as safe. But if you think about what we do in running our own businesses, that this stuff is. It's vulnerable, right? Like it's it's sometimes feels like running a business sometimes feels like existing in the world without your skin on you're doing stuff every day all day every day you're doing things that you previously thought or were told or told yourself that you couldn't do and we show up day in day out many people are doing so feeling deeply uncomfortable about money and yet they're sending out their prices they're talking to people about buying from them all of these things even though they're feeling like here I wish this bit didn't exist like we do such vulnerable work and all the way through that your brain is going am I safe is this okay am I safe is this okay and so it's a perpetual question whatever you do but when it comes to running your own business It's got so many places to grab on. Like if you think about somebody who goes into work every day and works in an office, the office looks the same every day they go in. Most of the days, the people in there look very, like look the same, if not very similar. Like they know who works there. The work they do is often repetitive. They are not in charge of whether or not they get paid. That's happening on autopilot as far as their subconscious is concerned. So there are things that crop up. 
absolutely in terms of like safety things for people in the corporate world but it's a very different thing and there are less often this is not a blanket rule but often less triggers particularly if you're running an online business because one of the problems with an online business is you can't see your audience most of the time you can't see who's liking or not liking your post and so our brain fills in the blanks it tries to and often because your brain has a negative bias to keep you safe your brain will often make up a bad story a negative story because it doesn't want you to risk what it doesn't know what it can't touch what it doesn't understand and so when you're running an online small business where you are you know you run it you're the ceo you're the cfo you're the marketing department you're the hr department you're you're all of those things there are men, many things that you cannot control and you can't your brain can't go well it's okay so and so's got that it's okay there's hr for that it's okay that's not your department because everything's your department and so that feeling of am i safe is it okay am i safe is it okay can really spiral and it's why lots of people find themselves either so before i say this not everyone not for it's not the best fit for everyone to run a business and there's nothing wrong with that by the way there's nothing wrong with it occasionally you see this like rhetoric like the toughest people run their own businesses no that's not true it, i would be being a much tougher person to work in a corporate environment like that would take a lot more from me i don't know if that's toughness but you know what i mean this is a much better fit for me it's not about me being better or worse it just is same and it works both ways so before I say anything else that's really important when you've been received conditioning as a woman when you've been told that you are not just told when you've experienced actually that you are generally less safe being in the world and this is not just for people conditioned as women it can also be for a number of intersectional identities that come into that space when you are when you're in that position and you're asking the question am I safe is this okay? Am I safe? Is this okay? Again, you've got more places to land on. You've got more places to, for those thoughts to land and find evidence. And so if you couple that with being a woman, being a trans person, a non-binary person, being someone who's fat, being someone who is not white, and you put that in, into the space of entrepreneurship, into the space of small business ownership. You can see why so many people feel so unsafe in that space, why it triggers things. And this, to return to my earlier point, that's why often we might hear of people even quitting their business. We might hear of people stopping doing what they do and they they may tell a story or maybe even like not even tell a story like a lie that's not what I mean at all but I mean the story that they're living that they're existing in could be like I just couldn't make it work I'm not good at it I can't do it and actually what it is is that they didn't have enough like places to put their feet when it came to the, the safety basically running their own business triggered so much unsafety in them that they couldn't do it they couldn't make it work but that doesn't mean that they can't like forever they can't make it happen but because being a woman 
being conditioned as a woman, the intersections that come with that, and running a small business generally, there are so many spaces for that question of, am I okay? Is this safe? There are so many spaces for it to come up like, no, you're not. You're not safe. What about this? What about that? What about this? If we can't hold some of those, then we're going to find it very difficult to move forward. We'll be asking ourselves questions like, is what I offer a value? Is it necessary? I hear that a lot, but what I offer isn't necessary. I'm going to do a whole episode on that soon. I feel like that's part of research for my book, actually, because that comes up loads. People don't need it, though. And then when people talk about their own spending, they talk a lot about what they need versus what they want. Are we good enough at it? What if I'm no good at this? What if I'm kidding myself? What would people think of the price of my content, of how I do things, of my business model, of the fact that I'm doing it at all? Like, what will people think? And it's exhausting to go round and round and round and feel like you can't put your feet on the ground. And this is the way that I kind of see it in my head and I, I hear it from clients a lot of the time is this kind of thinking. It's like we're we're treading water. We're just kind of scrambling around just like, what if this, what if that? We are so worried about all the different things. Our safety brain has gone into such overdrive of all the different things that could go on that we can't put our feet down. You know, that thing of like, if you've ever taught a kid to swim or if you've swum with somebody that is a nervous swimmer, this might even be you. Often a nervous swimmer will panic when they're in water that they could put their feet down in. Have you ever done that? Been like, oh, like, oh my God, it's too deep, it's too deep. And then you put your feet down and you're like, oh, I, can t- I can actually touch the floor. <laughs> I know like I've been with people that do have done that. My kids have done that. And actually, the the thing is, like, the floor's right there, but we're so worried about drowning. We're so worried about it all going wrong that we are, like, squirming with our legs, like our legs are working frantically to stop us drowning when actually we can just put our feet on the floor. And the question that I'm going to be offering you today is a really simple one, but it is a way of putting your feet on the floor. And this is the question I use. I think I've talked quite extensively. I definitely talk about this a lot in plenty about this on the podcast, but I have a tendency to be victimized by a Instagram carousel. Let me give you an example of where that happened lately that really made me laugh. So I was just selling, sell that thing. The doors have closed now and I'm teaching it. And obviously while I'm selling it, I'm also, it's a course I've run lots of times before, but I'm revamping the content. While I'm selling it, I'm also planning it and I'm thinking about it. And I know a number of the things that I'm going to be teaching. Occasionally when I'm right up into slides and stuff, sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, what about that? And I love that part of the process. But in like mostly I know what's going into that course. And one of the big things that goes into that course is how to offer free stuff as part of your selling strategy. And hilariously, all the time I'm selling something, this ad keeps popping up that says offering free value will not get you sales. With something pretty much that, like really blunt. And I was like, shit, am I teaching people the wrong thing? am I, is this not true? Does this not work? 
And I was like, oh my God. And it kept showing up. And I, I didn't, I think I might've looked at the caption. I didn't particularly engage with it because I asked myself this question. Like after the, like, I think the first time I barely noticed it and then it kept coming. And then I was just like, oh, like, so I asked myself the question, what do I think about this? Super simple question. The, the headline said, free stuff won't get you sales or offering free value won't get you sales. That was the gist of it. What do I think? Well, here's what I think. Does the thing I built a six-figure business on that I've sustained six figures for over seven, eight years, does it not work? <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> and I'd already thought it through. But when, when she said that, I was like, oh my God, of course. Like, honestly, when I asked myself, what do I think? What I think is it does work because I do it all the time and it leads to sales. Now, do I think there are ways to do it? Yes. Do I think we shouldn't just be giving away how to's like this is how you do it. This is how you do it. Yes, I do. Do I think there are important things to avoid and important things to include? And do I think there's mindset stuff in it? Yes, 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 yes. It's about the way you communicate. And it's about the attitude you have. It's about the mindset you bring to that free stuff. Like it's all of my work, all my content, all my podcasts, the masterclasses, the free challenges I do. When I DM, all of it is part of how I make money. I see it as like this one big thing. And I think that's a really important part of how to make money with free stuff is that there isn't that resentment that can creep in when you feel like you're doing it for free. Because when you feel like you're doing it for free, you only feel like it's successful when you get the response you want. So that's me in real time answering that question. So now when I think about that Instagram carousel or that Instagram advert, was it a freebie bashing freebies? Yes, it was. Was it a freebie telling you freebies don't work? Yes, it was. So now rather than, and this is why I love, love this practice. I love this practice so much because now I feel so sure in that part of my methodology. And I already knew, I already knew, but actually the insecurity that it flagged up, the worry that it flagged up was an opportunity for me to get super clear on what I think. And what I love is I could have gone, now let me be clear, I, I am open to things and methods changing, absolutely. It's unlikely I'd be teaching something at this point of my business and be like, oh shit, that doesn't work at all. Things can change in an industry, absolutely, but it's unlikely. But I'm always open when I, when I see something like that, like that question, that statement, free value doesn't get you sales, essentially when I ask the question, what do I think about that? I have to be open to that statement being correct. I try not to go into it defensively. I try to go into it really curiously. Just like, wait a minute, that's flagged up a, oh God, oh no, feeling. What, what do I think about that? What are my thoughts? What are my opinions? What's my experience? What evidence do I see in my clients of that in my own business? And if I went, ha, yeah. I mean, this is why I wouldn't be teaching this if this were true. But if I was to go, if it was something else, 
and I was going, you know what, that doesn't work, then I would have to address it. But if you've created an offer around something, if you have been talking about something for seven years, if you've created a business around something, if you've seen transformations and the impact of that thing in other people, and by the way, I haven't always had all those, those markers of evidence because there was a time when I just knew that like what I, that what, what I was teaching had worked for me. And that was all the evidence I had because I hadn't taught anybody yet. And I had to go with that. But then again, well, what do I know? Well, I know this worked for me. And have I added nuance and color to those teachings since teaching more people? Absolutely. But essentially, it stayed the same. So asking yourself that question, what do I think is absolutely fundamental? How do I feel about my price? How sure am I about why I'm charging what I'm charging? What's my reasons? Not, oh, you shouldn't be charging that much. Well, what do they know about your business? What do they know about why you've decided that? What do I believe about the value of my offer? Ask yourself, what do I know to be true? Not, what do I fear is true? That's really important. So if we go back to the question that I asked myself about that free value stuff not working, what if I'd gone, well, I have all this evidence, but I worry that it doesn't work anymore. Or what if people will just think it's nonsense? What if the industry's moved on and I didn't realize? I have to come back and go, this is working for you this week. This is still working. Like I have to look at what is true, what I know, what I can touch, not what I fear is true. You need to wind in those thoughts. A friend of mine's therapist talks about those sorts of thoughts, those sort of hypervigilant emotional kind of tentacles that go out and they spread all around all of us everywhere. And we are like searching out all these places to find feelings that we can't control. And we need to wind in those tentacles. I think this therapist talks about wrapping them around yourself, which is the, a similar thing to what do I know? Who am I? What do I need right now? Not what am I scared of? Not what am I wondering what everybody else thinks? Because this emotional hypervigilance, and that's what this is. And we've been conditioned to practice this. But it not only plays havoc with money making, making it so much harder, but it's also endless. And it plays havoc with your nervous system. Because if you're always, always seeking outside of yourself to prove your own safety rather than looking inward, rather than understanding that you are your own safe place. And don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm getting all like passionate about it because. I remember the first time my therapist said that to me and I was like, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what that means. I'm talking about you being your safe place and trusting yourself and all of those things. And I just couldn't understand what that meant because my trust was so outsourced at that point to other people. But we seem to think that making money and being safe is about making the most amount of people happy. 
offend, not even not offending people, because I think that's too low a bar for most of our brains. It's like, let's make sure as many people as possible are okay and happy with me and that I've not upset them or bothered them or caused them any kind of harm or anything. But money making is not transactional in that way. In fact, if you're having to work yourself into oblivion to keep people happy, that's a red flag. And what will happen is you will literally, you won't just work yourself into oblivion, you'll work yourself into invisibility. Because in order to make the most amount of people happy, you have to be the smallest, most inoffensive, tiny version of yourself. And yeah, if you're invisible, you won't bother people. You also won't make money. You also won't be able to live out your dreams and desires. You also won't be fully like functioning as you. You This podcast is called Real You, Real Money for a reason. Because the more you you are, the more money you make. The reason for that, one of the big reasons is the more you you are, the more you trust that version of you. The more you're not outsourcing that to other people. I am obsessed with the fact, and it is a fact, that you have to be, need to be, and actually already are the driving force behind your business. Your most impactful, effective business will be run via the filter that is you, through your taste, through your understanding of things, through your ideas and your sparks of inspiration. Your business really does revolve around you and yes some people will not like it that is true but that's going to remain whether you try to make it not true or not you could work your ass off trying to make sure that everybody was happy that your pricing wasn't offending anybody that people were agreeing with it therefore they were buying that's also not how that works that people liked your offers, that no one was offended by your content, that you were always getting it right. You could work your ass off with that. And somebody somewhere still doesn't like it. Somebody somewhere is like, yeah, that's a bit bland. It's going to happen. It is a fact. And it's something that you can feel, you can learn to feel safe around. Safety around that is available to all of us. The road there is different. Don't get me wrong. For me, the road involved therapy. The road involved somatic work. So like nervous system work. The road involved, and I hope this doesn't happen to many of you. I know it will have already happened to some of you. The road also involved just knowing people really think I'm deeply problematic. There are sections of the internet that have a real problem with me because I'm a money coach. And no, I'm not imagining that. I know that because they've told me. That exists and that bothered, don't think I'm above this, that bothered the shit out of me for a long time. And then I just had to let it go because what do I know to be true? Here's what I know. I know what I care about. I know what matters to me. And and one of the most important things for me in all of this was I know I'm willing to keep learning. I know I'm willing to be wrong. I know I'm willing to hold up my hands and be like, yeah, I messed that up actually, maybe I should be thinking about it like this, or maybe we should look at it this way. That's one of the reasons I really try and make all of my work very much like, like I know I don't pretend I'm not learning anymore. 
I don't pretend I've arrived. It's a process. It's so important that it's a process. And sometimes that's deeply uncomfortable to share, but I know it's super powerful to share. So this question, what do I think about it? What do I know right now? What do I believe is true? That is the most simple, most transformative question you can ask. And if you think about how that plays into making money, if you're having a wobble about, is it okay for someone like you to make money? Is it okay for you to charge what you charge? Is it okay for you to up your prices? What do you know to be true? What do you think about it? And sometimes, by the way, we can't quite land with this. Sometimes it takes doing work like we do in plenty. One of the things that people really get from plenty is a true deep understanding of how neutral money is and how they get to decide how they relate to money, that money doesn't decide that for us. And that's incredibly powerful because then when you get to, what do I think about it? You have an answer. This is why it matters that people like me make money. This is why I'm going to do this. This is what I want. So that you are putting your feet on the floor. You are grounded in that moment, in that experience. And it's a very tricky thing to unravel. It's a very last, it has a real lasting impact. Okay, thank you for being here. The Doors to Plenty are going to be opening next month. So pop to the show notes if you want to get on the wait list. You'll be hearing more about it. You'll be hearing more from me on that very soon. And if you're not on my email list, and you want to be you can just sign up to that wait list if you're interested in plenty or you can pop to the show notes or to my instagram bio to do that too because that's where all the information about plenty will be going all right thank you for being here i hope you have a good week of asking yourself what do i think and getting to know that far more intimately i'll see you next time